Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. We are getting sporty now and summer may be on the way, I think, but we are going to talk about a rather chilly sport. It's curling and more and more blind and partially sighted people, as well as those with other disabilities, are taking up the sport. While one organisation not only is playing the game, but they are getting invites from across the globe to come and play. Now, to tell us a little bit more, uh, we have with us Jim Gales and uh, Stevie Cunningham. Now, Jim, first of all, Tell me a little bit about the club itself. Okay, well, we've been running uh, as Disabled Curlers Scotland for about three or four years now, but initially we were kick-started by a a visit to Edinburgh from a lady and her husband who were vision-impaired from Winnipeg in Canada. And her name was Doris Coop, and we had a, a meeting with her, and she was basically across in Scotland to promote curling for blind and vision impaired people on ice and uh, at that particular time around about 2010 there wasn't any strong presence in Scotland for blind or vision impaired people. We dabbled a little bit uh, in training and tuition sessions and actually played competition maybe two or three times a year at most. So Doris gave us quite a boost uh, to get things established on a more you know, professional on a more competitive basis. And uh, she then invited us across to participate in one of their competitions in Western Canada. So around about 2010-11 season, we got a a group of three of us together and went across more as a fact-finding mission than anything else. Uh, Stevie, myself, and another guy from the east of Scotland went across to Winnipeg uh, for about a week uh, and competed as part of various teams at, at various kinds of bond spiels and competitions. And from that, we came back and developed Disabled Curlers Scotland. Uh, it's been slow to start because obviously the curling season only runs for six months of the year, so that restricts us a little bit. But we're gradually building members, um, and this competition that we're going across to at the end of March will hopefully bring on the opportunities more and more. And we have uh, Stevie Cunningham with us as well. Stevie, it's it's probably not the first sporting event you'd think of for someone who has a a visual impairment. What's so appealing about it, though? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's not the the, definitely not the first sport that springs to mind. You know, um, you get a lot of fair weather sports people, if you like, um, who don't sort of go during the winter and whatnot. But the 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 appeal of it for me is the the skill element involved in it. You know, it's not just hitting a ball or some sort of similar thing. You know, you, you have to think about what you're doing. You have to be able to, to vary the, the weight of the stone in, in accordance to what your actual playing partners are asking you to do. So, you know, they may ask you to play short, they may ask you to play long. So there, there's a lot of skill element involved in it. What about actual the practicalities of playing it as well? I mean, how do you line up your shot and, and know your distances when you're sending the stone down the ice? It's really all about feel, to be honest. You know, it's not something that you can really teach anyone. You you really just need to play it in, in order to, to understand the the actual weight that you need to put behind it. From a personal point of view, I've got tunnel vision, so I'm fortunate enough I can actually just about see the other end of the ice, so I, I can roughly tell where I need to be and, and what needs to be done. Being a, a former bowler, it's the the principles are the same. You know, as, as bowls, you've got the the weight of the stone. As it turns one way or the other, it will come from outside to in. And obviously, the, the wider you go, the the, the more turn you have to put on the stone so it's, there's a lot of different elements involved in it and so 
as in say blind golf then would you have a, a sighted assistance there to kind of give you all the information you need before you start to send a stone down the ice yeah there'll, there'll be someone either standing directly in front of you at your end of the ice to tell you what sort of line to take or they can go further up the ice and actually stand at the, the far end in the, the opposite house and, and give you an indication from there uh, for myself as I said I, I'm quite fortunate I can just about see the other end so someone standing pointing to where they need me to be I can roughly tell where they are for the likes of Jim who is you know, 98% completely blind with light perception I actually established a system using a torch whereby I can shine a torch for Jim and he can pick a line from there so uh, some ingenious ways there, Jim. You said only six months in the season. Is it growing as in domestic leads within Scotland or indeed the UK, or are you still looking abroad? In Scotland, Seable Curlers members are playing in around about six venues each season. Uh, they tend to be central belt, I have to say, because uh, distance to travel, distance to get people from A to B and uh, get everything organised can be quite tricky and then when you get you know it's always nice to have a, a little bit of a game at the end of things we, we've run a things like the you know, a wee order of merit for points etc to try and select this team to go to Canada and various things like that but in Canada itself for example it's the blind and vision impaired curling is absolutely massive it really is and uh, you know we, we've looked to the the Canadians to basically steal their ideas <laughs> you know, let's be absolutely honest here we you know we've watched them on YouTube and uh, various phone calls and when Doris came across we basically just said let's just have uh, all your ideas and we'll we'll steal them you know let's take their framework and all the best of mm. of what we consider good ideas and use them Steve, it must be exciting getting the invite to go over there. Jim saying it is such a big sport over there. How do you think it'll go for you? Well, I mean, certainly this is the first time we've gone as a competitive team. As I mentioned before, we're there in 2010, just as three of us. But, you know, the, the four of us actually going to take part as a team will be a slightly different angle to it this time. So, you know, the, the nerves are there, obviously, but it's, at the end of the day, the, the excitement is palpable to that because, you know, we're... We're basically pioneering, if you like, for disabled curling going across to Canada as the first group for fully inclusive disabilities. And we'll be playing against not only visually impaired teams, but also able-bodied teams as well. So it gives a lot of different people a different perspective of what we're trying to achieve here. And a great way to build connections as well. Yep, absolutely. Um, just finally then, Jim, if people would like to uh, learn more about curling, uh, how can they get in touch if they're in the Scotland area can get to the central belt and so on? Yeah, I mean, uh, we certainly want to develop things beyond the central belt. Uh, you know, anywhere in Scotland, there's 22 ice rinks in, in the country, so, and there's only a couple down in England. So the, the more, the better, really. But uh, certainly the, the primary um, outlet for Disabled Curler Scotland is the website. So any sort of search on one of your favourite search engines will get you to Disabled Curlers Scotland. Fantastic. Well, Jim and Stevie, best of luck uh, with growing the game and, of course, the trip to Canada. And thank you for telling us all about it on RNIB Connect Radio. Okay, that's great. Thanks very much, Alan. Yeah, thanks, Alan. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.